talked about is the three Ps, which I think was a great illustration of how to underwrite and look and create a snapshot of what you're investing into. Number one is the property. Uh, Number two is the person. And then number three is the predicament. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing into commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, It's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome to Passive Wealth Principles, What I Learned episode, Chris Seventies. Chris is, uh, man, a wealth of knowledge and actually someone that uh, I, I think is going to do tremendously in, in success in his, his business venture because he gets it. And one of the things, and, and you know, for, if you haven't listened to the, to the full episode, Chris um, you know, runs a note buying business and they buy notes and get them reperforming or or sit there and, and hang on to them and collect cash flow or do some other things related to that. And um very much on passive wealth principles, a passive, you know, kind of business strategy that doesn't necessarily mean taking more of your time. And actually it's just about creative thinking, uh oftentimes getting these workouts, these workout systems put into place. And so um he buys distressed debt. And so, and obviously very timely, you know, today when, when recording this episode, um, which I think this will probably air relatively quick or will push through is, you know, banks are failing. You know, there's uh, three of the four largest bank failures that have ever happened have happened in the last couple of months. You know, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and First Republic Bank, each one of those have, you know, failed. And those are, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars of of banks. And so the question is, is like, why would you want to be uh, note buying when, you know, the banks are failing and high interest rates that are going up? Um, do you want to be in the the note buying business? And, and the reality is, and we t- dive into this, is like... W- when you're not originating the loans, when you're just buying an existing mortgage to get it, you know, kind of recorrecting, uh, all of that stuff is kind of already baked. The money has already been put out there. Um, you can go buy these things at a discount. And so you're not originating the original loan. And when you go through there is you can be creative with the way that you restructure this loan. So to give a, a quick synopsis is, you know, Bank of America or, you know, Community Bank, maybe it's First Republic Bank. First Republic Bank, you know, that's the one that recently failed, or at least the most recent one. 
um, as of the recording of this. So First Republic Bank makes a loan and they make it for $100,000 on a property that's worth $125,000 and the person stops paying. And so as a person stops paying, these banks, and because of regulatory environments, Dodd-Frank and, and other things, is when a mortgage now becomes a non-performer, it has a different risk profile to it, and it requires that the banks put in more money into their coffers, into their, you know, collect into their banks because they're like, wow, you could lose money. Versus when a mortgage is performing, you only have to have low leverage amounts of money in your bank in reserve because they're paying as agreed upon. And so they can then sell those off and get other credit facilities or you know get and pull on lines of credit. When they are not performing though, is now all of a sudden it's completely changed that. And, and these banks don't want to, especially in the situation like First Republic Bank or you know they have their own liquidity issues. And so what they'll do is they just want to get rid of these mortgages and they sell them off out on, you know, to note buying pools. And oftentimes they'll bundle them together. They call them tranches, which is interesting because I said that the other day to my brother, my brother who owns a mechanic shop. He's like, tranches, you're saying tranches. I don't know what that word means. And so I had to think about it and actually, which I think it's French, you know, and it means, you know, like bundle of sticks or I don't know what it actually, the technical definition, but to me, it's always been a finance term of like when you're bundling and securitizing assets together. So what they'll do is they sell these tranches or pools of mortgages and they sell them at high dollar amounts. And that might be $50 million worth of mortgages and they sell them off to somebody for 50 million. Someone else may then buy those as it's been kind of trimmed down or they select out, they might sell them for you know, six pools of $10 million. So they've added some value back into it. They bought it for 50 million and they're selling it for $10 million, but they're selling it six times. They split those up into smaller pools. And well, then that $10 million pool of, of mortgages might get chopped down into 12, uh, depending on the type of the mortgage that exists. The price has gone up. The person that had the $50 million was able to buy it at the best discount. The person that can buy it at 10 million had bought the second best. So they made a little bit of a spread on there. And then the person uh, that's selling them out at 10 million sells them out to as individual pools. And then you as or a regular investor can buy those and you're buying them at some premium above where they traded before. So it's hard to actually connect directly with the bank and go buy them, you know, at that 50 cents on the dollar. So you may be paying, you know, 60 cents or 70 cents on the dollar. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Look, two of the most common questions I get asked are where can I find good deals to invest into? And is it possible to invest alongside of our deals as a passive investor? So my team and I wanted to put together an insider list where you can get first access to investment opportunities, due diligence resources, and best practices for those interested in investing passively into deals like the ones we talk about on the show. Those deals are mostly in the commercial real estate space, but I oftentimes get exclusive access to deals of people like the guests on my show. If those deals pass our criteria, we pass them on to those on the list. To gain access to this insider list, all you have to do is go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. 
We also host events, dinners, and give away VIP access to events that I'm speaking at or attending. Once again, it's www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. For those that are serious about passive wealth building, we'll see you on the inside. Now, back to the show. So that is what Chris does is he goes in and he's buying these notes and he buys the $50,000 loan um, and he might buy it for $25,000 if he's buying it for 50 cents on the dollar or some version of that net discount. And depending on um, what, what we talked about is the three Ps, which I think was a great illustration of how to underwrite and look and create a snapshot of what you're investing into. Number one is the property. Uh, Number two is the person. And then number three is the predicament. And um, the property, while you can't necessarily get inside and see the insides, you can at least assess it and take and look in photos and kind of give a a BPO broker's pricing opinion on it and look at it and say, hey, if it looks, you know, pretty up, you know, the upkeep from the outside, generally speaking, the insides will look similar. If it, you know, stacked up cars and junk and overgrown, the inside's probably not going to look better than the outside. So that gives you kind of the category of the property. And so you can come up with a valuation. Then the predicament, sometimes it is either through communicating with the borrower or just crazy how much information that exists out on the internet is you can find out some of these things and it might be a job loss or divorce or health or, you know, a lot of other things. And we talk about it on the episode about scammers and other things that you can kind of find out. Uh, that's kind of the, you know, can be the the predicament. And then you get to the person and that's why we're kind of tapping into that uh, scammer. What kind of person are they? Again, this is something that you can search county records. You know, they filed bankruptcy five different times. What are the odds that they're going to file bankruptcy a sixth time while you're the note holder? high probability of that. And so it's like trying to find and do deeper levels of underwriting on what you're potentially buying and then creating a a win-win scenario as maybe discounting out the existing, uh, taking some of the fees and um, adding them onto the back end of the loan, getting them so that these these people can maybe afford it. Maybe they couldn't afford a thousand dollar a month uh, mortgage, but they can afford an eight hundred dollar a month, and they'll start paying that. And so, working through those things is um, how these become passive investments. Obviously, if you're owning it and they're not paying, there's a much more active role in having asset managers and taking that through the legal foreclosure process. So that is in general a lot of the the nuance of buying a, a, an existing mortgage. But you you don't have to fix up the toilet, you know. You don't have to um, you know find tenants. And actually, it's it's many times better, especially in the residential and single family space. Is it's better to have a vacant house um, because there's more value to it when it's a vacant house, whereas in a commercial building. That's not always the case is oftentimes commercial is more valued based on its rents and the cash flow and the occupancy versus having someone, uh, you know, not in a house and it's harder to evaluate that. So there's a lot of different ways in which you can buy notes is a very, very fascinating and uh, a very um, underserved area of for knowledge and which is exciting with with YouTube and, and the content that Chris uh, 70 is putting out there um, is 
Not a lot of people know about this. And I think it's one of those really cool niches. If you're looking for opportunity, you don't have a whole lot of time, but you can run some analysis on properties and you can kind of put together and, and be able to buy some of these, these notes, this could be a very, very good uh, component of your portfolio. Or you can invest alongside with people or funds, kind of like um, Chris is because, you know, he's doing a reggae offering and uh, I think his minimum is $2,500. So you can just kind of test things out by going in with a little uh, amount of money. So there's a lot of other things that are much more technical in what type of loans and how they work and how you get worked out. And there's some very interesting stories in the episode about some of those scammers, former professional athlete, how they were able to build a non-permitted addition onto their 10,000 square foot house that then crossed over to another property next to it. Then what that did was, you know, tied it up legally that you couldn't evict someone because they're actually on the other property. And is there scammers that exist in this world? Absolutely. We've had them a handful of times, you know, just move into houses that we had that we we're selling and then just not move out. So those things, are part of why doing due diligence is very, very important. This is a very interesting way in which you could potentially get some passive uh, wealth or, or dive into a new uh, asset type or category of investing. And so I hope you check out this full episode. If you want more information about this, and actually we're going to be writing a feature on this uh, in the newsletter coming up, you can find it at catchknives.com. And actually, I think this is the first time I put this out there and I don't think the website is up yet uh, fully. So it's not working yet. And actually, I'm going to hold off on what our new website is for signing up to the newsletter. But it's still, all of it's still cross-pollinating and going on catchknives.com. You can sign up for the newsletter and get some of this information. And we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive of how you can get started in buying notes and how that can be a very good passive investing strategy. So go to catchknives.com, sign up for that newsletter. We're going to be pushing more content out to those newsletters and more technical detail. Thanks again. And use this passive income to start buying back your time. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at Jake.RealEstate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.